This morning's reading comes from Luke 23, starting at verse 26. The Crucifixion. <clears throat> and as they led him away, they seized one, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that have never born and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, they, were cruci uh, they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garment. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, Soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged called at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, do not, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to them, truly, I say to you, today, you will be with me in paradise. It is now the tenth hour, and there is darkness over the whole land till the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now, when the centurion saw that what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts, and all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching the event. 
Thank you so much, Ankh. Our text verse from verse 46. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Far into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. A topic this morning, into your hands I commit my spirit. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, the preaching of the cross is the ultimate hope that we can bring to a hopeless world. We are living in a fast-changing world. And things that were certain yesterday are now uncertain. Things are changing worldwide at a fast pace. And the clouds of war are rising. The war between Russia and Ukraine is escalating. With Finland, Russia's western neighbor joining NATO as the war raged on. And it appears, humanly speaking, if World War III would be sooner than we think, with the USA also taking a stronger stance against China, and Australia buying free nuclear submarines to deter aggression and contribute to peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific. And this is a direct quote from the Australian Defence Force. Also in the USA, Donald Trump is indicted. And whether you like him or not, it is the first time it has ever happened to indict a past or present president of the USA. And the Republicans describe this as political interference. Trump needs to be silenced at all costs. Also, people don't know who they are anymore. They are confused. And they depend on the affirmation of the world to recognize who they think they are at that specific moment. But we should also know that can change in an instant. But what about us? What about you? What do you believe and what are you certain of? And so the Apostle Paul proclaimed the message of first, the cross in 1 Corinthians 2. And he assured us that the message of the cross is the only certainty we should have. The message of the cross is the gospel. And the Apostle Paul tells in no uncertain words in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. And if you can't understand the cross and the need to come to the cross, confess your guilt in sin before the Lord and allow Jesus to nail your sins with him on the cross, then you will struggle with hope, uncertainty, and a sense of belonging. Our task is to bring and testify the gospel to a confused world and reassure them that God is in control. That we need to preach and bring the gospel like the Apostle Paul taught. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. The preaching of the cross is more powerful 
than the philosophy, urges, and riches of this world. And so Christ crucified is the foundation of all hopes, the fountain of joys. And we confess by his death, we live. The preaching of salvation for lost sinners by the sufferings and deaths of the Son of God, if explained and faithfully applied, appears foolishness to those in the way to destruction and hell. And for the sensual, the covetous, the proud, and ambitions, they think that the gospel opposes their favorite pursuits and desires. But those who receive the gospel, those who are enlightened by the Spirit of God, they see God's wisdom and power in the doctrine of Christ crucified. And today, we will preach that message, the gospel of the cross, urged by Paul and all the apostles and its effects on his sinners. In the gospel of Luke chapter 23, verse 46, our Bible reading, we are told about what happened on the cross where Jesus was calling out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When you're reading the Gospels about Jesus' crucifixion, it's remarkable how silent Jesus was. When he was tortured and accused, he accepted the judgment and accusation silently unless the truth was required of him. When Pilate asked him if he was the king of the Jews in chapter 23, verse 3, Jesus answered, you have said so. But when Jesus appeared before King Herod, and Herod questioned him at length, Jesus made no answer, chapter 23, verse 9. And so this was all a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before it shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And silently our Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, and on the cross he was silent, and even the creation was in deep silence, awaiting the greatest moment of salvation. We read in verse 6 of our passage, that there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed. But things were happening. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. The curtain of the temple separated the holiest and the, the holy and the holiest, and God was with his people, and the temple was a symbol of that. But God alone is holy, and only just once a year, a high priest could go behind the curtain of the Holy of Holies. Just one day, the high priest only was allowed, but the people were never allowed. And as a judgment, the curtain hung as a sign that something big was missing. That our sins separated us from God. And just before Jesus died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And the message was clear. Reconciliation between the Father and us were established. And Jesus was calling out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. 
Every Jew should have known what it meant. Even a Gentile officer confessed, certainly this man was innocent. How could the Jews not believe it? And then Christ declared himself to the Pharisees when he healed the blind man in John 9 verse 41. And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. The fact that Jesus called out with a loud voice just before he died, had significant meaning. Jesus was already six hours on the cross. He had no blood left in his body. Have you ever seen someone at the end of their life, how weak they are, and how difficult it would be to call out with a loud voice? And can you imagine how surprised the crowds and soldiers were when Jesus cried out in a loud voice. They were all waiting for his end. And then Jesus cried out in a loud voice. It must have been terrified to those who denied Jesus that he was the Son of God. And the world could see. Even the centurion confessed. And he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. The crowds that had assembled, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. But his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. And so the cross and what happened there on the cross influences people. You cannot be affected. And the fact that Jesus called out with a loud voice has significant importance for us today as well. It means that Jesus had conquered sin and the devil. And his task was fulfilled. He carried out God's full judgment on the cross. The cross for their God's curse rested upon him. And Christ carried this curse in our place so that we could be free of the judgment of the law. And he bore God's curse on our, in our place. And he obtained God's blessing. Which means that we will inherit eternal life because of Jesus' victory on the cross. Therefore, can you see and understand why Jesus called out with a loud voice? Jesus was victorious. And this loud voice carried a joy and a salvation that he obtained on the cross. Alone and silent, endured all the torture, loneliness, and infernal powers that raged on the cross. But in this loud voice, he declared that everything is fulfilled. This was not the voice of someone who lost his life but the voice of someone who won everything. This was the victorious roar of the Lion of Judah. Not a voice of someone who lost, but his voice was like the roar of many waters. Revelation 1 verse 15. And for the unbelievers, it was something scary. And therefore they returned home, beating their breasts. Verse 48. For them and the enemies of Jesus, it was the voice of judgment, and they feared this loud voice. The enemies of the Lord fear his voice, 
because it's the voice of the general that comes with a mighty army to announce his victory. This is the voice of God who was victorious over Satan in his reign of darkness. And we can still hear this voice. We hear this voice through the word of God, but also through the world, and those who have an ear will hear Jesus' voice who are calling the world to repent. And Jesus is calling out in all the earthquakes, the floods, the pandemic, the rumors of war, that he is coming again. And that he will come as the judge to fulfill God's judgment. And he will call with a loud voice when the seven bowls of plagues, God's wrath, are poured out on the earth, Revelation 16. And it will signify his return. He's saying in Revelation 22, verse 12 to 13, Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This is the voice of Jesus that announces that he has all power. And his voice is the gospel message. His voice announces also softly in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, full of grace. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the voice of Jesus that resurrected his children from the dead, but condemned unbelievers to eternal hell. John 3, verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Then there's a second thing that we need to see in these verses that the Lord Jesus Christ committed his spirit to his father's hands. But also we need to take note that after Jesus called out with a loud voice, he committed his spirit into his father's hands. This was the most glorious thing that he could do. The most precious thing that he had, he committed into his father's hands. In his father's hands, his spirit was safe, and it's stronger even as death. This is the assurance that he's alive and will be resurrected on the third day. And for us, this was a wonderful comfort, a wonderful example, that those who entrust their spirit to the Father's hands have nothing to fear. Their lives are secure in all eternity. They are alive in all eternity. And how wonderful would it be if we could die this way when we die in Jesus and our spirit is committed to the Father's hand, we don't have to fear death. Don't have to fear the unsureness of this world. Only because we have committed our spirit into the Father's hands. In Jesus, through faith. The same as Jesus did. And only because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Then we can die as Stephen, the first deacon and martyr of the Christian church in Acts 7 verse 36 when he was stoned because he proclaimed the gospel. Stephen's account of the gospel was glorious, bold, without the fear of any persecution. And when Stephen died, he saw the heavens open, but he had complete peace and complete hope. And he could cry in his last moments, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 
And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold the sins against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. We can learn so much about how we should act in a time when everything and everyone is hostile towards the Christian gospel and the truth of God's word, the message of the cross. And the message is that we should entrust our spirits to God's hand. In the Lord's hand, we will understand the glory behind Jesus' words in Matthew 5, verse 11 and 12, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. For those who entrust their spirits to the Father's hands and who are deeply aware of their sin and who repent will hear forgiveness and grace in all eternity because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has nailed my sins on the cross. And because of that, I will live in all eternity. And I have to fear no persecution. This is to have hope and peace in all circumstances. The hope of Christ that Stephen, Paul, all the apostles, the church, had even in the most excruciating circumstances. And this is to know that in Jesus, death has no hold to us anymore. Because we entrusted our lives and our spirits into the hands of the Father. We can also know that when we die, it's not death that separates us from this life, but we are going to Jesus in his Father's house who prepared a place for us. John 14 verse 3. Brothers and sisters, let the death of Jesus and the gospel of the cross be a great comfort to you. Do not fear anything if you belong to Christ. Be certain of your salvation in Him. Do not be surprised and amazed by the world's foolishness, the persecution of Christians, the mocking voices of this world, but continue to pray and proclaim the gospel wherever the Lord calls you, whether it's in prison, the street, and especially in your home, and know that the Lord can soften the hardest heart of stone. Continue to pray, proclaim the gospel to your children, to your grandchildren. Teach them about the Lord and His grace in Jesus and why He needed to die. And let us preach and let us love Christ crucified. Because we know what Jesus has done for us on the cross of suffering. So that I could live. And it's by God's grace alone. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we rejoice today in the gospel the message of the cross, that you gave your son to die for us on the cross of sufferings, to nail my sins on that cross with our Lord Jesus Christ, to know that I am forgiven, reconciled, 
because of the great sacrifice your son brought on the cross. Father, we pray that you will give us bold hearts and lives to proclaim this message. That there's only salvation to be found in our Lord Jesus Christ. That we will not be confused by this world. That we will not be afraid, but that we will recognize our Lord Jesus Christ's voice with all the things that are happening and know that you are in control. That it's time for the world to repent and that you are still giving them an opportunity to hear your voice. That we will wait with uplifted heads towards the great day of the Lord when our Lord Jesus Christ will appear again. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.